from Los Angeles, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences presents Oscar, the 64th Annual Academy Awards. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Be Kind, Please Rewind, a 90s movie podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. I'm your other host, Chris. And I'm your other host, Eric. And we're together. In we're, the same all, room. we're all in the same room for the first time ever. It feels weird. I'm excited. It feels right. It does. It feels okay, but I feel weird because I'm sitting in a corner I never sat in before. All right. So this is fun. So this is going to be a good time. We get to do our, this is our most lax episode as well. The recap episode is all about having fun. Uh, yeah. You just sit back, have a good time, talk, drink, I don't enjoy. Have to, I don't have to pretend to know things. I just get to say what I like and what I don't like. Which is the only thing that matters. <laughs> what? Pretending that I don't know things? Yes. I just don't know things. All right. Well, I also don't know things. I would argue Eric knows the most out of all of us. <laughs> Eric enjoys facts more than anyone here. I do the least research in this in this group. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric should be now known as the stenographer. But is that what stenographers are known for? Is looking up facts? No, no they're known for exactly recording facts. Recording. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. So. We're going to do our thing again. We're going to go through a couple lists. We're going to do some top tens. We're going to do a little bit of Oscar noms, probably get real angry at the nominations from the Oscars again, and uh, try and have some laughs. You're going to have a good time, bro. I'm so excited. Let's do this. All right. So first, we're going to do the top grossing movies of 1991, and uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, we start off with a real banger at number 10. The Naked Gun, two and a half, The Smell of Fear, grossing $86.9 million. What a dumpster fire of burning shit. What, what was the mindset of 1991 that the number 10 movie was this? The mindset was they, 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 the stupidity was at a height, I think. <laughs> it's definitely higher now. Well, you're right. Okay, well, it, so that was a lie. It beat out Hot Shots. Yeah. Which is also stupidity. <laughs> that was garbage. All right, well, nobody has anything to say about this movie, so moving on. <laughs> Number nine, Father of the Bride, a Walt Disney movie grossing $89.3 million. Another trash movie. I was disappointed. I, I expected more from this movie. Yeah, we just did this movie, though, so people coming in like, you just talked about this for three hours. So Yeah, I don't need to talk again. about it other than it was a waste of my time. Yeah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> We're flying through this right now. I like it. This will be a 15-minute episode. <laughs> and the best episode yet. Here we go. <laughs> Number eight was Sleeping with the Enemy, grossing $101 million. Obviously, Julia Roberts carried this movie. She carried this movie and all of the actors on her back while well, she was recording. Not figuratively, but literally. They were like, this isn't hard enough for you. Here, carry these people. <laughs> I'll never get over the guy dancing while he waters his tree. That's the best part of that movie. And the, 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 the husband, like, pursing his lips to, to drink the water at the fountain. Those are the two scenes that stick out in my head. Now this movie was pre-July before I joined you guys, so I don't I don't remember seeing this movie back just, in the day. Just know that make if, something up, nobody will know. Yeah, Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this movie was also a waste of time. I I listened to actually oddly enough, I happened to listen to us do this episode today, and uh, 
we uh, my my sentiment at the time was that having watched this movie i feel the same as if i would have never known this movie existed <laughs> but you, i don't feel the same that's the problem it's because i'll like i'll never get the guy dancing out of my head i'll never get the image of her opening the cabinet and everything being perfectly arranged and be like come on and then also the ending when he gets shot and he dies so unrealistically I, I still have a problem with the fact that the the man as meticulous as he was, Julia Roberts was able to come into the house full of sand and soaking wet and clean it up in pitch black, and he never found out. Number seven, another shit show. What were people movie. thinking in 91? What were well, they going this to was say? A, this was a kid's movie, so I could accept this. And it was the Addams Family, so there's already a group of people that wants to watch it. It's uh, grossing $113 million. I mean, this was like a... A 20-minute episode of The Addams Family stretched out into an hour, 40-minute movie or whatever it was. Right. I, I remember watching this movie, and this wasn't even that long ago. Uh, it started off, and you're like, oh, this movie's going to be good. And it just went to, to crap real fast. I'm still confused. It's more of the same jokes. It's just the same yeah. jokes over yeah. and over again. But here's what I'm confused about. Was he the real Fester? I'm still confused fester. about this. That was the worst reveal ever. <laughs> There was a man that looked like Fester that was an impo- a Fester imposter. Come to turn out in the last five minutes of the movie, they were like, no, this is actually the real Fester. He was found 25 years ago and had amnesia, and now here's your long-lost brother. That was pretending to be your long-lost brother for the last hour and 35 minutes. At least it, it explains why he knew the babushka dance. But that's the point that you have to know he's the real brother because he knew the dance. The All babushka. Right. Coming in at number six, the only movie worth, well, one of the only three movies really we're talking about up here is Hook. Gross $119 million. In my opinion, it should have grossed eight times that amount. Like 800000 Min- right? It should have hit the billion eight, mark. Eight billion dollars this movie should have grossed. Everybody in the world went to see it twice. $100 billion. <laughs> this movie is the epitome of my childhood. And mine. And everyone listening knows we we are obsessed with this movie. And we, we might be the only we might be the only three people that are this obsessed with this movie. I don't know. I need Steven Spielberg on the phone now. Chris, get Spielberg on the phone. I need a conversation with him. All right, hold on, just a moment. <laughs> he put us on hold. <laughs> Hi, Steven. Uh-huh. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, from here it gets good though. If I'm here, it's yeah. Good. No, it's not bad now. This is better. So at least they're all real movies now. Coming in at number five is City Slickers, uh, grossing 124 million dollars. This was a good movie. Yeah, and we've gushed over this movie countless times because we talk about this movie even when we're not supposed to be talking about this movie. This is a real solid comedy from start to finish. Like it never loses itself. I mean, no, that's not true. When but, does it lose itself? We talked about this. He in doesn't the episode. like the cow being born. I remember this. Well, there's that. Not, but not even that. That that's had a even, purpose. That's not even what I was thinking. What I was thinking was the the whole like the river scene. Like it, it got a little too serious for a moment. Just a little too serious. You can't take that away from this movie. This movie was phenomenal. That's I mean, not all right. You're saying that the movie has flaws. Okay, I, you said it has no flaws. No, 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 no. I we said it never lost itself in it the lost sense that itself for a moment. in the sense that maybe you could argue that point, but my, I, maybe I should have used different. I should have should have chosen different words. It never gave up on itself. Then, like a lot of comedies, just quit at a certain point. Right. This okay. never does that. Yeah. That I should have chose different words. 
Okay, coming in at number four, a movie that we had very differing opinions about when we watched it last, The Silence of the Lambs, grossing $130 million. Obviously, I think this is a classic thriller. I watched this last night because this was, once again, a movie before July when I joined you guys, and I'm like, I have to watch this movie. What did you think of it? Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Anthony Hopkins is... 24 minutes, the shit for 24 minutes. He destroys that role and just owns it. Was it 24 minutes? 24 minutes. I Google searched it. Okay. Because you, you said 12. I thought it was 14. Yeah. No, I thought it was 14. He, I, and then I actually Google searched it because you know, he was nominated and or won something for this movie. But there, We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But I, I've seen this movie now three or four times, and every time I see it, I go, I can't believe I don't watch this more often. Loved it. Kevin hated it. That's, that's a lie. He I said just, this is the worst movie I ever saw. Chris's memory of all your recaps are he hated it. Well, it's probably close it's to being tough. true, but a lot of times like whether he hated... goes over movie again and goes, "Well, maybe I was too hard on." Right, it. I would say whether he hated it or not, he said like he didn't like it. Like it just... I said, I was underwhelmed. I expected more. I don't. I don't really know what I was looking for, but I was kind of like disappointed. I think because I think with. You know, the, my last viewing, I realized that Anthony Hopkins' physical ability to hurt anybody is not really in the realm of reality. It was because he was a genius, so he could kill people because he was a genius. He outsmarted them. He used his brain like a human being, <laughs> like the animal that you are. Okay. I think what might have taken the movie away from you is Jodie Foster, as good as she was, she had some flaws. I liked her part. better than I liked Anthony I would, Hopkins. You know what, though? I was, I was watching something. I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. They were talking about, like, oh, her accent was phenomenal. I'm like, her accent was fucking awful. Well, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, this accent, what the hell is it? But in the movie, Hopkins actually looks at her and says, what are you doing? Trying to cover up a, a West Virginia accent? You're trying to hide where you're from? So I think they kind of covered was, their ass. That, yeah, that was the that writers. Up. That was the writers being like, hold on. She yeah. doesn't have this. Yes. Let's fix this quick. I, I thought the exact same thing when he spit that line. But All right. Well, I don't know. I should watch it again and see how I feel about it without having to I mean, take whole, notes for the podcast. The whole night vision scene. Yeah, that that was great. Unreal. The whole end scene with Buffalo Bill from, you know, it puts the lotion on its skin to then Jodie Forster gets to his house and yeah. the cat and mouse thing. That was all great. I think Anthony Hopkins physical acting is what took me out of the movie. See, I think that's what captivated me. He played his character. physical acting. Like when he's like trying to hurt somebody and he's but he's like waving like the knife at the camera or whatever and he's like huffing and puffing because no, he, he had like thirty seconds of his of physical activity. His heart rate never moves. That was the whole point that he can do the. No, his crap. character's heart rate never moved. He was on the verge of having a heart attack. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair. All right, coming in at number three is Beauty and the Beast, grossing $145 million. This is another childhood classic. There's something there that wasn't there before. <laughs> this movie was great. 40-year-old men just fanboying over a cartoon. Yeah, I a, loved it. I, I, so uh, we're not going to rehash what we said last time, but I watched this movie and was thoroughly entertained. I still can't take the Gaston song. It's entertaining and funny every single time. Every time. I love it. Yeah, I watch it every day with my daughter because she's two. And uh... well, I'm glad that's solid parenting right there. <laughs> Coming in at number two, Chris's favorite movie of the year, Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves, grossing 165 million dollars. I've already said my piece. I have nothing more to say. I listen. I you're. I'm going to watch Silence of the Lambs again, and you're going to watch Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves again, and we're going to reconvene next year and see what our true opinions are. Over my dead body, will I watch that again? Dude, you have to stop. You're wrong. 
Look, I mean, not that the, the America is right in their opinions of what a good movie is, but number two out of the entire year, it had to be better than you thought. Yeah, but the other way we can look at this is that it only earned like 60, 60 million more than The Naked Gun. Oh, only. So percentage-wise, <laughs> double almost. For once, I'm going to have to agree with Kevin on this movie. I've always liked this movie. I, uh, it's just a good movie. It's fun. It's entertaining. I'll rewatch it, but only for the sake of Alan Rickman. Okay. All right. That's it. Okay. And then think about it in the sense that, all right, so that you, we had a conversation where you said, I don't know if I recapped this before, but you, we, in that episode, because I was so angry that you didn't get my point, I went back and listened to it, and you said that Mel Brooks did a parody of this movie, and Mel Brooks does not do parodies of good movies. How do you explain Spaceballs, Star Wars fan? We Ooh. talked about this already, and yeah. I, I conceded already. Okay, not only that, but if, look at it through the lens of, like, The Three Musketeers, right? Well, a movie that I love, and I'm not saying that The Three Musketeers is a great movie. It's just a movie that I love. But it's an action comedy that's, at points, serious, but also, at points, ridiculous. Like I said, that's I, what this I'm going to have to rewatch it, but the only person that was doing comedy in the movie was Alan Rickman, which is why I was confused. The Friar was doing comedy. I got to rewatch silly, it. It was silly stuff. It. Fine, right, I'll rewatch mo- it. Moving on. The number one movie of the year, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, grossing 204, almost $205 million domestic. I'm, my mind's blown that this didn't do better. I it did a lot better. That's thing. not the real number. That's the domestic number. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was just listening to the recap from last year. I think the number one movie last year was Home Alone. It yeah, did Home Alone. Oh, no, Home Alone did 400 million. Yeah, Home Alone did 400 something. Oh, wow. Home Alone was number one for 11 or 12 weeks straight. That's what's great about the 90s, though. We've talked about this before, too. Is yeah, that you'll never get that again. You get like months of a movie being number one in the box office. Yeah, because that's what they deserve. I don't need 75 Netflix movies coming out in one month, like with people I've never heard of before. Or Where, where's the star in. power these days? Or this, I, sorry, I digress <laughs> because I don't want to go on a rant. I'm, but your rants are my time. favorite. Your we're having a fun time. Rant. But what about no, Terminator 2, though? I'm done. How good was it? Yeah, amazing. Uh, like I said, when we rec- when we recorded the episode, this is a movie that deserves to be watched more than I watch it. Yeah. That's absolutely. how I feel about it. I wasn't there for this podcast because that was the day my son went to the hospital. I was oh, yeah. I, I was the one day in I the middle in. of the episode. I had to bail because he couldn't breathe yeah, and we had to run to the hospital. Did you watch this? I did watch it. I just didn't have time to... So tell to... us what you think about it now. I mean, it's hard for me to do that now because that was four months ago. <laughs> did you enjoy it? Obviously, I enjoyed it. I love T2. Uh, I had I had new things that I that I, that I I had issues with. I can't remember what they are on the spot right now. I didn't bring my notes from that night. Okay. But overall, it's obviously a great movie. I mean, what's better than watching the... Uh, with the T... What's it? Was the T one thousand show up? Walk through the grate like they think that we lock this. She thinks she locks the gate and he's out and he just slides right through it. I mean, there's so many. Just what's the word? Just like memorable, iconic, yeah, iconic moments. In and this the movie. lines we still use to this day: "I'll be back" and all that stuff. Arnold, I need your keys, Arnold, your clothes, decade, and your motorcycle <laughs> immediately. <laughs> all right, so I'm glad that we all like that. So. As the the second half of this list is from six on was great and from seven down was terrible. Now something that comes to my mind, I want to ask you guys this because I wasn't here last year. At the end of last year's recap, you said, "What a crap year! Two, 1991 is going to be the best." I'm looking forward to all these movies. Now looking at your top ten, how do you compare? Ninety one, so much better. 
Well, uh, yeah, night and day compared to ninety. Number. It's that's, it's it's not as good as we thought it was gonna be. Right. Also, I I had a there wasn't in ninety there were so many months where all three movies were torture, and 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 not fun. And the only fun that we had was saying how bad that they were. In this this year, with the exception of one or two months, every month had at least one, more likely two, and sometimes three enjoyable movies to watch. Well, I was looking back and I saw like January, February, March. January was horrible. No, was it horrible? I thought there were three decent movies in January. Oh no, January had Lionheart. Yeah. No, we had a great time. We had a good time talking yeah, about it. Yeah, talking about it. But all right. So I uh, yeah, like I like this year. This was a good year. And I'm look I and I think they get incrementally better as time goes on. I'm just waiting for ninety five. I don't know why. Ninety five just like it feels like it hits its str- I can't think of Besides Independence Day, I can't think of what movie came, what other movies came out in '95. But '95, just to me, is probably the best year of ni- the '90s. I don't know why, but it is. All right. Well, oh, I'm ready for '93 first. Let's go there. All right. So, getting into the Oscars, this is always fun to get angry about. I feel. <laughs> the, I, I have to say, I looked over the list, and I, I wasn't as angered by this list as last year's list. Well, I was so mad about. Um, Dances with Wolves last year. Right. It just took everything, and it's just not that movie. Like, who cares? Like, who cares about Dances with Wolves? They were who puts on with Dances Pastor. with Wolves now? My like, dad. It, but <laughs> And he loves it. Isn't it? But, all right, so. But Uncle, my dad would all, mm, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but Uncle, Uncle, fine. Uncle John loves dance with, Dances with Wolves, but, like, the general population <laughs> would much rather put on Goodfellas than Dances with Wolves. Agreed. And the fact We said earlier, the fact that Goodfellas didn't sweep the Oscars is an atrocity. Yeah, yeah they gave nods to it's Godfather a, it's a crime. 3, which was Criminal. just a, a joke of a movie. Yes. All right, let's get into it. So, Best Supporting Actor. Nominations. Jack Palance for City Slickers. Tommy Lee Jones for JFK. Harvey Keitel in Bugsy, Ben Kingsley in Bugsy, and Michael Lerner in Barton Fink. And the Oscar for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role goes to Jack Palance, City Slippers. I got no issues with it. I mean, out of all those people, I'm, I'm fine. Right. Compared to the list, absolutely. Anybody you could have thought should have been on there? I mean, I just want to like look down. I'm looking down my top 10 list. I'm not going to reveal anything. Yeah. But I can't think of any supporting actor that would take it away. Supporting actor, no. I have some thoughts about supporting actress when we get there. But supporting actor, no. I, 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 I mean, these are the guys. I mean, I don't know much about Bugsy and Barton Fink, but I'm a, I know you've said good things about Bugsy. Barton Fink, I'm assuming, was some sort of... I haven't seen it recently enough to remember it. I saw JFK very recently. Tommy Lee Jones was fine in it, but not better than Jack Palance and City Slickers. Right, but also I, I did listen to a recap of the... Uh, someone did some podcast on the, on the Oscars from 91, and they talked about Jack Palance and the fact that this was like... They knew this was his last movie. Uh, or they knew that the city slickers were going to be because he was in the second one too, right? To play yeah. his brother, yeah. they, they, so they were just kind of trying to give him like a here you go, buddy. Like you've had a great career, type thing. But I think I think he had won a uh, uh, look like, out of the movies before. that they nominated. He deserves it. So. No argument. Moving on, best supporting actress nominations. Thank you. It's my pleasant job to present the nominees in the category of actress in a supporting role. 
We're looking at five women who range in age from none of your business to how dare you ask. <laughs> Which proves that fine acting is a product of talent, not time. The five nominees are Diane Ladd in Rambling Rose, <laughs> Juliette Lewis in Cape Fear, Kate Nelligan in The Prince of Tides, Mercedes Rue in The Fisher King, Jessica Tandy in Fried Green Tomatoes. And the Oscar goes to Mercedes Rue, The Fisher King. Chris, I just—I want to just, wanna just uh, rub your face in this because I said that she was a very good actress and made some points. Maybe my points weren't as as articulate as they could have been on why I felt she did a very good job in this movie, and you were shitting all over me. Now here we are. I'm um I'm better vindica- than the I'm better than the Oscars. I'm bro. vindicated by the entire Oscars. What do you call them? The board? people of the yeah, Academy the Awards that you rip on 24-7. Now you're holding yourself to their standard. Yeah, well, that, that's what, I'm a politician. When, when, yeah. when the facts don't support me, it's shit. When the facts do support me, they're right. I can't remember which role Mercedes Rule was. She oh, was yeah. um, Jeff Bridges' girlfriend. I hated her. No, she was good, but if I'm looking at that list... But I didn't say I hated her. I said she was fine. She did She did what you wanted from the role. The role wasn't good enough. Like, like I felt like the role was lacking. So to give someone an Academy Award for that, that's a problem to me. And the fact that Jessica Tandy is up for this, um, I mean... I can't even. I can't but make she's the, the old lady, right? Yeah. From Fried Green Tomatoes? Right. Okay. So she's fine. I thought yeah, she but was what, a better, better yeah, but. Uh, she's a, she's an ancillary character, really. Like I know she had a main main. Uh, she was the narrator, more or less, of the thing. She didn't have any arc herself, except at the very end, she lost her house, and then Kathy Bates brought her into the. Right. And, that's it. And she wasn't kinda, a character. And they insinuated at the fact that she was the young girl. The young girl. What was the young girl's name again? Someone remind me. Uh, Masterson. No, no, that's the actress. The actual. Yeah, the same the girl. Car- Ninny character- Threadgood. Iggy. No, his name's Iggy. Iggy. Okay. Right, because they, right. they they don't tell you flat out that she's Iggy, but they like kind of hint they at it. They do it end. a lot, and then right. at the end. Moving on, because this is this this is a terrible. They gave it's like picking a president. It's on. It's one honestly, jerk off for the other. It's honestly not a good year for supporting actress. I'm I'm really looking over the list, and I can't find. The only thing I can think of in Mortal Thoughts, I don't know if you remember Mortal Thoughts. That was the one with. Uh, Bruce Willis and yeah and not not Demi Moore not Demi Moore the other one yeah I the girl she, yeah the girl from um Dick Tracy right I thought she did a phenomenal job in that I movie. remember really not liking that movie see I yeah, I didn't love the movie but I liked her and I think that's the problem right you have a bad movie you're not going to get nominations even if you do a great if job if I'm not mistaken it, that's not how it works with the Academy Awards the actors and actresses themselves have to poll and push the Academy Awards to vote for them. That's why some a lot of actors don't win them because they don't really push. It's like you have to be out in Hollywood like like a politician. Campaigning. I think that's how it works. Well, then that totally shits on the entire Academy Awards and it's all bullshit. I don't know. Moving on, though. Ne- next up, Best Actress. The Actors Branch of the Academy, as always, nominated five gifted women. And as always, the agonizing final decision was left to our entire membership. The nominees are... Gina Davis in Thelma and Louise. Laura Dern in Rambling Rose. 
Jodie Foster in The Silence of the Lambs. Bette Midler in For the Boys. Susan Sarandon in Thelma and Louise. And the Oscar goes to Jodie Foster, The Silence of the Lambs. So the point I'm gonna make here is like I don't have a problem with Jodie Foster winning because she probably was the best actress in a movie in a, in a lead role this year. Like there's just there's not enough options. Yeah. Like, th this this actually speaks to the to the sexism in Hollywood. Not to be too woke it's like just I know Kevin hates it, but it's like but it's just the year. But you really let look at '91. There weren't a lot of female roles that really were deserving of like top notch bills. I'm sorry, like. There's not, and dude, you have you have entire movies comprised of women. Don't tell me there's not enough for women to do in this year. Fry Green Tomatoes and and Thelma and Louise are movies empowering women. Don't tell me that two we're movies shitting. out of the the hundred hundred movies that were released, and this both year. of them are nominated for Academy Awards. Yeah. Their effort was put into them. They're not B roll Cinemax. Late night HBO movies. These are uh, Oscar nominees. Yeah, we're making two separate points though, right now. I guess, but I'm just saying I don't like your point, and I think that Jodie Foster won, and it, it's the right decision. And I'm trying to have fun, and you're angering me. <laughs> Here so we go. So stop your shit. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on. Best actor. Five remarkably gifted men were nominated as actors in a leading role. Here they are. Warren Beatty in Bugsy. Robert De Niro in Cape Fear. Anthony Hopkins in The Silence of the Lambs. Nick Nolte in The Prince of Tides. Robin Williams in The Fisher King. And the Oscar goes to Anthony Hopkins in the Silence of the Lambs. I guess this is the right pick. I agree with that. I, he I guess. It's definitely not Nick Nolte. It, it's Robin Williams only because of my nostalgia for his other movies. It's not De Niro for Cape Fear because he goes off the rails a little bit at points. And Warren Beatty for Bugsy, I haven't seen it in 10 years, so God knows what that looks but like. But wouldn't Nick Nolte, didn't he have a better role in Cape Fear? Than what? Than Prince of Tides. It's the same actor. I'd argue he was better in Cape Fear. I agree. Anthony Hopkins, We you said it in the past, but he had 24 minutes of screen time, and he just he owned the screen when he was on and he, it was working. he's still parodied in movies like his role as as Hannibal Lecter it's still brought up they make shows about Hannibal Lecter today the only reason that character is iconic is because of Anthony Hopkins yes. the way he played it was phenomenal and well deserved and it's it's actually super impressive that with only 24 minutes of screen time he does win the academy award it's it was a phenomenal performance but at the same rate like 
maybe that should make him not eligible for this award. And I'm just trying to be like a devil's advocate here and, and see what you guys think about that. I don't agree because I looked in the past and there's been nominees and winners for Best Supporting Actress that had five minutes of screen time. Yeah, but Supporting Actress. That's a completely It's a completely different argument, though, because anyone who's not the lead is a supporting actor. If you can win an Oscar for 24 minutes of screen time, it speaks to how well you acted the part. All right. Moving on, Best Director, nominations. Thank you. With the glory of being nominated, it's important to note that there was a time in the making of each of these movies when all those surrounding the director thought that he was doing it absolutely wrong. It is the nature of directing to be second-guessed. It's the nature of the director to wonder if anyone will care about the things that he has cared about for so long. We do care, and tonight's nominations are the clear signal that we could send to you. I almost opened that thing. The nominees are John Singleton for Boys in the Hood, Barry Levinson for Bugsy, Oliver Stone for JFK, Jonathan Demme for Silence of the Lambs. Ridley Scott for Thumb and Louise. And the Oscar goes to... to Jonathan Demme for Silence of the Lambs. I feel like this was an obvious choice like, like i felt like jfk should win honestly like the amount of editing and i know you guys didn't see JF, jfk so when i say, to, uh, yeah, talk when about I say the obvious choice i mean like the one that you would expect to win because like nobody saw jfk i feel like you know everyone <laughs> probably saw it all right so look as far as production goes with these movies that were nominated I feel like JFK should have won simply because of all of the clip editing and all of the movie stars, stars, not actors, but stars that were in this movie that he put together seamlessly. Best director should have gone to the JFK movie with Oliver Stone. So that's my opinion. You guys, I don't know what you have to say. I I can't argue with you because I didn't see JFK. Um, No, but at, 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 All these directors and these movies that they directed, I think uh, Silence of the Lambs was the best choice for, and Jonathan Demme for directing it. I just don't know if I can speak on directors enough. Like, I I don't think I understand enough what goes into directing a movie. Like, I, I know what they do, but at the same rate, like, I don't know how to pick out like, oh, this is good directing, if that makes sense. I, all right, so if I, I'm going to put on my big boy hat and try and really like hone in like directing because in Silence of the Lambs, that final scene with the night vision goggles on to me was just like outstanding. Like, yeah, be- yeah best scene of the year. Right. So I don't know, maybe like I'm assuming I'm missing other things that he did too. And, and that to me stands out. Again, I've never seen JFK, so I can't argue against the movie. But to say like, oh, John Demme shouldn't even be in the conversation because he's not Ridley Scott is silly. Or Oliver Stone. Well, I'm going to agree with Chris's original statement. I don't know enough 
what would be the difference to me if somebody else filmed Sounds of the Lambs? I'd have to see the comparison and be like, oh, he did a better job, but I'm not qualified to make that call. Okay. Well, here we are, undecided. So <laughs> moving on. Let's pick it. Thank you. Well, we come now to the final award of the evening, the one for best picture. The five films nominated this year are so varied in their subject matter, dealing as they do with opposites attracting, criminals interacting, history in question, cannibal indigestion, and last but not least, a beauty and a beast. And here are the nominees for the best picture. Beauty and the Beast, Don Hahn, producer. Bugsy, Mark Johnson, Barry Levinson, Warren Beatty, producer. JFK, A. Kitman Ho, and Oliver Stone, producer. Prince of Tides, Barbara Streisand and Art Andrew Karsh, producer. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, Edward Saxon, Kenneth Utt, and Ron Bozeman, producer. And the Oscar goes to The Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. To it's not say. a bad choice. It's like a lukewarm thing to me. It's it's okay. You Silence of the Lambs won. Well, they had an All opportunity right. here to choose an animated film, That's and it would have been wondering. good. Beauty and the Beast. That may, yeah, I'd I've probably seen Beauty and the Beast ten more ten times the amount of times I've seen Silence of the Lambs. And I have no daughters, so yeah, yeah. You know. I've seen it ten times this week. JFK. I, if JFK wasn't three plus hours, I'd rather watch JFK than Silence of the Lambs. JFK was an amazing movie, but Silence of the Lambs is culturally impactful. And Anthony Hopkins did a great job. I like Jodie Foster, the Buffalo Bill character. It's a good movie. It's just like it's a tough sit. Like, how many times are you gonna sit through Silence of the Lambs? I've seen it a lot of times, probably countless times. Okay, well then, and you know, then the my opinion is not valid, to, maybe. The, amongst the movies we had to choose from, it, 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 it's good. It's a good that's choice. What, exactly. Right. That's my sentiment, exactly. My it's, question, it's okay. Yeah, has, it's has good. It, like, am I upset by it? No. Am I, like, am I going to stand, uh, jump up and give it a standing ovation? No. It's like, it's okay. It's not enough right, to fine. argue about. I, ba- I, I concede. I back down. Whatever it is you want me to do, I'm done. Now, All right, has so, an animated movie ever won Best Picture? That's a question. So. I'm curious. Maybe I mean, Toy Story. A lot of them are worth it, but... We'll find out in 1995. There oh, it is. Another one. That's the one you were thinking of. All right. So don't read my top 10 list because I'm putting it up. No, before we go there, though, I just want to talk about... We were talking about... We were talking about back when we were talking about Hook. 
we were saying like how it for some reason it didn't get like the love and respect and that it deserved. Yeah. But it did receive five nominations. Okay, I'm into this. This I'm into. So it received five nominations, but zero wins. That's the problem. Okay, but I'm happy with the nominations. At least they were saying look at it. Yeah. The problem is though, the five nominations are for things like set like set design lighting, right. like um visual effects, sound effects, things like that. And honestly, the visual effects were probably my least favorite part of Hook. Right. Um, but I, I do set like... Set design was amazing. Set design was was amazing. I do like, though, however, that, you know, all right, it wasn't an Academy-level type movie, but they are giving it recognition in those subcategories. And just, just to uh, end this conversation about the Academy Awards... Um, the movie with the most nominations was Bugsy with 10 nominations. JFK came in second with eight. And the movie with the most wins was Silence of the Lambs. Obviously, it had five, including the four top major awards. Yeah, yeah. pretty and much a sweep. Terminator 2 was number, was number two in awards with four. So you were saying like, oh, where's T2 on this list? Yeah, but they gave it for the ancillary stuff. Right. But, but it is. It's not the story. Like... Okay, anyone I, can I know write a story. Anyone, I, you know, okay. it's it, and it's definitely no. great to watch. All right, and it that, doesn't fit the genre. You're, you're of done. Of, I won't talk to you. No, anymore. you're right. You're right in what you're saying, but not everybody. You think about how many movies we've seen for this podcast that are you can barely call a movie. You can't say that anybody could put together T two. No, all right, that's not what I meant. You're right. That was that was wrong for me to say that. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. I mean, like, yes, it's nice that these things are nominated at all. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy at that. Moving on to the most fun part of what we do here at, in the recap episode, our top 10 and honorable mentions. So we're going to do snake draft. So we're going to go, well, we'll do a round robin with three. We'll no, I be, like the snake draft. Is good. No, because he'll always be in the middle then. So what? No, we'll do round robin. It's fair. I start, then you start, then you start, then I start, then you start, then you start. So you start first, then Eric starts. Then, then you. So you do 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, right. 4, 3, You want to do it all the way to 1? One. Yeah, good, good job, because we didn't get it after the first round. Come on, let's go. <laughs> so, all right. I might walk off set. <laughs> all right. Before we start. Chris, I hope you did a much better job with your list. I'm this so, year. I stand by my list from last year. I, you could you couldn't possibly. The only reason you stand by your list last year is because like it's like you being not you being like charged with murder and lying and getting away with it, but then you have to stick by your lie. <laughs> all right, so yeah, and again, I stand by it. All right, so I, I had a really tough time with my top few, like the order of it. Yeah. So my, my order is Maybe I, not un, it, unimportant. It's definitely like wrong. Like <laughs> but my top ten, I'm confident with. All right, I kind of feel the same way. All right, so coming in at number ten for me, my top ten favorite movie of the year was Cape Fear. Does it make either of your lists? No. Is that your number one movie, Chris? I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about Cape Fear. <laughs> this is we're off the rails already. <laughs> I, it's not a movie I'm ever going to watch again. I, I don't understand that. That's a movie it. you need to watch again. I'm upset with your opinion on that movie. All right. Cape Fear just became my number nine. Okay. <laughs> he just threw it in there. Chris's list is going to change through the entire uh, episode. All right, Eric, what's your number 10? Um, seeing that I only joined you guys half season, I had to kind of reach for my top 10, uh, at least the top one. So I'm going to throw in a curveball of Hudson Hawk. Okay. I like that. Because... Definitely not a great movie. It didn't whatsoever. make my list at all, but I I I like I like that. It's, it's a guilty pleasure. I can't even comment me. on this because I've never seen Hudson Hawk. 
Okay. There's so much crap I haven't seen. I need to start watching movies again. Chris, you're number 10? My t- number 10 movie was a movie I'd never seen before. Kevin amped me up about it, got me so fired up, and I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Oscar. Yeah! Oscar <laughs> is my number seven. Nice. And I mean, this is a sly movie that I wasn't expecting to love, and I loved it. This movie is somehow escapes my memory at all points. Like, every time somebody mentions the movie Oscar, I'm like, oh, yeah, Oscar. I love Oscar. Like, I need to watch this movie much more than I do. And I have to watch that movie. Also, maybe it's we performing. turn that on when we're done recording here, just until, until you leave. I'm in. All I'm right. In. There it is. Here we go. All right, Eric, your number nine? My number nine, uh, Doc Hollywood. Wow. Okay. Good for you. Didn't make my list or my honorable mentions. Made it's way <laughs> off my list. I mean, yeah, it was it was an okay movie. It's one of those movies that like I was like, all right, for this part, yeah, that was cool. And then this part was like, oh, what was that? And I was in and out. It was just a peeing scene. We all had a problem. You know with. what though? If it wasn't for Michael J. Fox in that movie, it movie would have been unwatchable. I don't know about unwatchable. Un. Unmem- non-mem- unmemorable. That's Not- a fine forgettable. Comment, forgettable. But That's Michael the word. J. Fox was in it. We have vocabulary. Uh, clearly, I don't. Words are not making sense in my brain. Okay. What were you saying, Eric? I'm sorry. I was making You're fun just of saying that, yeah, you can say if he wasn't in it, but he was in it, and everything Michael J. Fox does is great and enjoyable, and it's a movie I would watch again, and that's why it's on my list. All, All right. right. That's, that's a good take. It's fair. It's fair. Chris, uh, you're number nine? Uh, so my number nine, I was just kidding before when I said my number nine is now Cape Fear, but my number nine is um, Fried Green Tomatoes. I love that. It was that's such a good movie. And it's another good find too, because we did not want to watch this no, movie. Not only I was dreading. I text you as I was putting it on that I was dreading watching this movie, and you text me keep dreading it, and I was like, well, obviously I'm gonna maybe enjoy this more than I think. Then, <laughs> but I want to say that like I'm begging for my wife to be like, yo, let's watch Fried Green Tomatoes because can't, I can't, can't say can't I can't it. suggest can't it. it. <laughs> But I really want to watch it again. My favorite part of that podcast was because none of us knew whether we liked it or not. And we all sat down and like, well, did, did you like it? Did no, you, you guys were like, waiting we for me. Yeah, I, admit I was waiting on Kevin to just we shit on the movie. It. And we were all like, I liked it. Loved it. It I was a really like good yeah. movie. I loved it. Yeah. It was a really good and movie. And now, like you said, I do want to rewatch it, though, without the lens and just enjoy it. Yeah. I also, I mean, I guess if I'm going to have any problems with it, like the Kathy Bates parts, I could really fast forward through. Right. But it, it, it it's the reason that the story is being told, though. So you have to have I'm it. not saying it wasn't necessary. It's just my least favorite part of the ah, movie. Gotcha. All right, Chris. So that wasn't on anyone else's uh, list? Honorable mention. No. It might be in my... Yeah, it's in my honorable mentions. All right. Number eight, Chris. Oh, you didn't give us your number nine. Oh, sorry. Out for Justice. Seagal. It's my favorite Seagal movie. It's endlessly quotable. Look, I don't know. It's probably it's probably because of how much I watched it growing up because it was on TV all the time. But as far as Seagal goes, like, all right, so... We're, this we're, is worse than me putting Stella on my No, that's not true. That's not true because we're decidedly not Van Damme fans from the Van Damme stuff that we've been forced to watch. But Bloodsport is a fantastic movie in the sense that it's one of those movies that are so bad, it's great. And it's like a good, schlocky, stupid, silly schlocky. movie. Yeah, it's a good point, Kevin. This is my Seagal favorite movie, Out for Justice. This is your Bloodsport like of Seagal. Yeah, it's my Bloodsport from Seagal. Exactly right. right. It's fair. You know what? Because this is a list of your favorite movies, not of... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Coming in um, at number seven, Chris. So, number seven, you might. No, number eight, rather. Sorry. Coming in number eight for me, 
And this is strictly sitting on the shoulders of Val Kilmer, The Doors. Yeah, that's another great pick. It's probably in my honorable mentions. I had a bunch of them because this was a pretty good year for movies. If I had seen it, I probably would have put it on my L- list. Listen, the movie itself, like the, the whole idea of it being about The Doors and what the hell's his name? Jim, Jim, Morrison. Morrison. Jim Morrison. Like I could give a shit less about all of that. It's just Val Kilmer's just interpretation of was, who Jim Morrison was was it it, it I mean the fact that Val, Val Kilmer outside of this and Doc Holliday like you don't hear much about him like even in he, Top Gun it's like top he's no, there he, you know listen I think that some I don't know there's the documentary uh, uh, on him that's on Netflix or Prime that I really want to watch but I'm I I've been hesitant to because of what happened to him with the throat cancer, and he's like yeah. in really bad physical condition. I don't want to be sad the whole time, but I think this was a man that could have done a lot in That's his later career. Like, think about the two roles, right, that we're talking about. We're talking about um, Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison, and Doc, Doc Holliday in Tombstone, where the man is, you a know, you person. know, it, you know, it's Val Kilmer, but he's he embodies he's, the character. He's unrecognizable. As, Va- as Val and Kilmer. Then throw in him in uh, True Romance as Elvis, and like you really just don't yeah, know. He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's just, he just, he changed. Like, it's him. You know it's him, but it's not him. Dude, yeah. when the real members of The Doors said they were watching the movie and they didn't know whether it was really Jim Morrison or not. Just, you know, it just speaks yeah. to his, uh, his acting. So, yeah, so this makes the list just because of Val Kilmer's performance. Good call. All right, my number eight is JFK. It's. I know you guys both haven't seen it, and that's the problem, right? So, like, I you you you're telling me I got to keep watching it, like it's it's. That's really all tough. I'm gonna say because yeah. I'm gonna tell everybody because I would assume a lot of people haven't seen this movie, even though you know it's, it's Oliver Stone and there's a ton of actors in this movie. It's a it's a. I had to watch it in two parts because it's like a three hour plus right. sit, but it's it's worth it, and I would watch it again. I do have to let the audience know, though. I did work with JFK's great niece last year. You, she worked at my school. You said this in a podcast. But I'm saying it again. Okay. Eric, Good story. You're number eight. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me because, once again, I did only start this podcast halfway through the year, so I had limited num- things to choose from. I, I actually picked uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I'm, I like that. It's I, definitely in Kevin's It's a movie time. I grew up watching a lot of. I always loved Robin Hood movies, and um, I have no problem with it. I really don't. No, I I think it's a fun. I I like the visuals. It's it's. I like a movie that looks like that. It looks a little bit like Braveheart, a little bit like Three Musketeers. It's fun. It, it's Chris is. I I love you, Chris, and I, I I appreciate your opinions. But I'm just telling you that you're way off base this time. All right, I'll rewatch the damn movie. I told you already. All right, coming in at number seven for me was Oscar. We went through that already. Eric, you're number seven. Um. This one I bet you nobody has on their list. Mobsters. It's in my honorable. Mentions. All right, all right. I don't. Not I think Chris has ever seen it, right? No. no it Which is a shame. Three. Number one. Number two. It doesn't hold up as well as I thought it would. It, you're correct. It does. It has a lot of problems. Also, it's a fun movie. But it's so. a fun movie. And yeah, it has don't a lot take of it seriously for me for watching it when I was younger. So yes. All right, Chris, you're number seven. seven. You guys are going to be mad about my number seven because I'm going to ruin like your number one or two by giving my number seven. <laughs> number two for me is T2. Number seven. Oh, okay, it's not that's a, all right. No, it's my number five. Okay, so I didn't ruin anything for you guys. All right. Because like I said, I, I, I enjoy this movie. Obviously, it's a classic uh, action movie. It's it's Ar- it's Arnie doing his thing. and But it, to me, it's just not the best of movies. I had movies I enjoy a lot more that I relate to a lot more. 
Yeah, I just I think that it's a little bit intense at points. It's a little bit too serious for it to be the type of movie that you throw on constantly. Right. Agreed. I, I'll just say that when I think Kevin and I both, we watched it, we were both surprised that we don't watch it more because it was a very, very good movie. Yes. Where was it on your list, Eric? It's actually number two for me. Oh, see, I know uh, I you, ruined you someone's one. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Just because of the history and how much it's still referenced to today. All right. Uh, who's up next? Number six. All right, coming in at number six, I had City Slickers. I have City Slickers at number six. Yeah, I have buddy. it at number five. Nice. Oh. High fives. Yeah. First time we won the same movie. All right. Well, right. we had T2 last one. This one might be This is like we spoke about this before. This movie doesn't quit on itself, and most comedies do. So It's yep. Billy Crystal at his top of his yeah. I think this is, yeah, and I think that's the point. Wait, wait, wait. I don't wait, wait. No. I love Billy Crystal, but I loved him in this. Yeah. All right, so City Slickers, number six. Yeah, good. good All right, what was your number six, Eric? My number six was Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yeah, really, right. you know, once again, nothing much more to say about it than we've already said. Okay. Silence of the Lambs was my number five. Okay, we're on, we're on pace. Silence of the Lambs is in my honorable mentions. Oh. Okay. But I think we all set our number five now, right? Uh, No. Well, yeah, my number five was T2. Right, so you Eric, were T2. And I was City Slickers. And I was Silence of the Lambs. So, so number four, Chris? N- number four, start with me. Sure. All right. Number four, I had What About Bob? What About Bob's my number three. All right. Probably would have been on my list, but that was before I joined the podcast. I put it at an honorable mention because I remember it being a good movie, but not well enough I'm, to talk about. There's nothing. I, there's a lot to say Endlessly about What About quotable. Bob. Right. Bill Murray, top of his game. Dreyfus. Uh, Dreyfus. A fun Dreyfus. It. And uh, lunatic Dreyfus. Yes. And the kids were great. The wife was. Eh, There's no the sour notes in the movie. It's right. another comedy that never quits on itself. It it finishes the story. And I think that's what makes it for me better than City Slickers. Is just that I didn't have any moment where I was like, "Oh, this Bored. isn't. This isn't. No, not even that. This, this isn't part of the movie. Like this doesn't fit in the movie. Like City Slickers. I thought there were moments where I was like, "This doesn't really fit with what's happening." What about Bob? Is just what about Bob the whole way through? And baby steps get on the bus, and that's it. Okay. Uh, what are we at? Number four? Number four, Ken. What do you got? It was this, I'm that sorry, was I'm my lost. number four. And now it's up to you. All right. My number four is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, my number four is Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Uh, my go. number three is Beauty and All the right. Beast. <laughs> Listen, what other... I feel like we're at like a confessional or something. <laughs> because what other group of grown men could say their affinity for be- the movie Beauty and the Beast? But who I doesn't mean, like Beauty and the Beast? I don't care who you are, I remember, how manly you are. You you gotta like I, Beauty and the Beast. You know, I, it's some of it's got to be nostalgia, but I also watched it again. Like, all right, so the animation's not nearly as good as what we have today. No, right? but I you mean, have to clear. base it on where it was. Yeah, then, that, that's my point. And because it still my, holds up. The next thing I was gonna say was, you know, eleven or twelve year old me, whatever it was, was my mind was blown when I saw this animation back then. So like, and it's all hand drawn, all of it, like, which is on. to be really appreciated. Yeah. And, and Kev, you got to watch the remastered version of 4K. It looks really. Okay. See, but my issue with the remastered versions is they they ruin some of these movies, right? Go look at the remastered version of Cinderella. I'm all not of the lo- about Cinderella. No, but the, but my point is, you when you remaster hand drawn animation, you lose the line work that makes the animation as good as it is. Fair. It's fair. Okay. I didn't know you were an animation Me expert. Me neither. We, 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 we finally learned something about Chris. All right. Um, I think I'm on number three. 
Go ahead, Eric. Point break. All right. Oh. Point Break is in my top three. It's in my top three, too. Oh, it's <laughs> higher up on this. And uh, my number three is What About Bob? We did that. My number my number two is actually Point Break. So. What was your number three? My number three was uh, Beauty and the Beast, which we just talked okay. about. Okay. All, All right. right. So my number three is What About Bob? Number two? Number two for me? Yep. Point Break. I just said that. My number two is Hook. Hook. Hook's my number one. And Eric? Oh. My number two is Terminator 2. Uh huh. And my number one is Hook. Yeah! Did we all choose Hook? I saw no, no, because I could. Because I, so I struggled with this, right? So I'm like, what movie would I put on right now and really enjoy it? And I think it was just like my mood at the time because now I'm kind of regretting <laughs> not putting <laughs> Hook. But I put, I put Point Break at number one. It's like real. It's like really difficult to choose. They're two completely different moods. I one hundred percent agree. I had a very difficult time with this too. I was like, "Is it going to be Point Break? Or is it going to be Hook?" That from the from the get. Like, I think from, from like number six on, it doesn't really yeah. matter. But from jump, like I was like Hook or Point Break, Hook or Point Break, which was it going to be? And I ultimately went with Hook because when I think of being a kid in nineteen ninety, that you're it's right. Hook. You you yeah. Point Break was a was a favorite of mine later in life. Right. Not later, but not at eleven years old. So I and then I I, I so I one quick story. <clears throat> it's not really important, but I set my top ten right it, the first time I sat down. I spent a lot of time doing it, and I was I I I saved the file. I closed it up. I was like, boom, done. I I locked up my top ten. And then a couple of days later, I opened it up. I was like, well, this is all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I still don't know what's right, but. All right, anyway. I picked Hook because when I watched it again, thinking at, you know, I'm looking at it to criticize it, and I was so nervous to watch it under that lens. Yes, I was too. I was so relieved. happy and relieved when I watched it. And actually, I think I enjoyed it more than I've ever enjoyed it that time I watched it. Yes, I feel the same exact Absolutely. way. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you said it perfectly. So it's I just, felt the same exact way. Point Break to me might have, like, this is what made it happen. Point Break might have the best scene. In a movie and from lines. 1991, the 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 scene when they bust into the, the drug house, the drug house, and just the whole having the all of Oregon get shot the, by the naked girl kicking Keanu Reeves' ass—that was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just that whole scene might be the best scene I've ever seen in a movie in 1991. Anyway, and <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, like, I was like, right, maybe it's Point Break, but it was, it was Hook because just the feelings I get when I think about Hook are just you, the emo- There's no emotion really that you that. <clears throat> I can't think of a movie that makes me feel more like a kid than Hook. Absolutely. Spot on. 100%. So. Only right, thing I would take from this is I think now talking about it, I would swap Point Break to my number two and Terminator to my number three. Okay. All right. So let's hit our honorable mentions. I'll go first. I have a whole bunch um, in no particular order because I just quit at that point. <laughs> don't I got Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yes. On mine. Boys in the Hood. Yes. Nope. Backdraft. Yes. Nope. Mobsters. Never Eric, that it. was in no, your top, top ten. Fan. The last Boy Scout. It's been too long since I've seen it, so I didn't want to touch it. There's so many quotable lines in that movie. Fried Green Tomatoes. That was in my top ten. The Doors. In my top ten. Silence of the Lambs. In my top ten. Top. New Jack City. Was almost in my top ten. Like it was very close. So it didn't make your honorable? It, yes, obviously. It, but it was Well, you didn't say that. No, I got. If it was very close to my top ten. It was a, it was obviously an honorable mention. And my last honorable mention was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Yes. 
Any other honorable mentions, gentlemen? I included Backdraft. I uh, had Backdraft. In you my said that? Oh, yes. Okay, my bad. My Girl. Didn't do that one. Uh, and Mortal Thoughts. Only because I, I know, I know, I know, I know. He hates me for this, but like I really, like looking back on it, I, I, I that one, the one woman's performance was great to me. I don't know. Um, what about King Ralph? Yeah, that's a good honorable, honorable mention. mention. Fair enough. You'll, you'll, yeah, to King Ralph and Mortal Thoughts. Ugh. <laughs> because King Ralph, I went into it like dreading the movie and was came out on the other side like, oh, that was pretty cool, you know. And then I have four words for you: Good golly, Miss Molly. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's I, we don't but like then singing in movies. Mortal, Mortal Thoughts. I went into it. I was like a Bruce Willis to me more movie. Like I can't wait to see this. And I came out of it. I was like, blah, that was torture. <laughs> so anyway fair enough all right so 92 wait, did, wait, what? do we want to just talk about real quickly the worst movies of 1991 uh, i didn't do my list so i'll comment on yours i had a couple i wrote them down go uh, ahead the movies that made mine that have to be discussed are double impact you know i agree with you except for i enjoyed it because it was so bad it's one of those movies no. and i'm never gonna watch it again but i loved ripping on it See, I, you can't really get me to despise. You didn't finish the movie. Good point. Yeah, no, no, no. You didn't watch the last 10 minutes. All right. I stand corrected. <laughs> stand out, Kev. Stand out. All right, I'm done. But also, I can't get... See, here's the thing, though. I can't get the scene out of it when he's doing the splits and rubbing down the half-naked woman. So, like, how bad was it really? Yeah. Well, and I, well, the only two movies I need to talk about are that and Lionheart. Because... <laughs> But I, I'm gonna wait. I need to do an in-depth study. I want to do like a one-week course on Lionheart because I really don't understand the movie at all. Like just, at all. The more you think about it, the less sense it makes. The 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 the, the, the two things I'm really confounded. Like it, it was dumbfounded. Like, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Dumbfounded about is um number one in the very beginning why everybody despises this man for no no reason he's never <laughs> and they done, won't let him go see his dying brother he's never done anything to anybody he's never offended anyone he's just existed and everybody's like oh you're a piece of shit and then at the very end when the two guys put him in the car drive a block down and then they're like get out and with, and with no explanation but making that kid cry first like what was the point it's 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 really like i'm going to watch that movie again <laughs> I have to. I have to understand what happened. I had other movies, but those are the only two I need to talk Eric? about. Um, my worst movie was, I had a couple, Freddy's Dead. Oh, I was completely oh, That was an hour and a half. I'll never get back. I was excited to watch a horror movie. And I was so happy to watch a horror movie. It wasn't I a horror what, movie. I, watched, I, no, I still don't know what I watched. It was laughable. Yeah. I, I still don't know which scenes they were awake and which scenes they were asleep. Like, it didn't like, matter. No, but it does matter because the original Freddy, like that's very it so important bad, it to the movie. Matter. It's just a, it's just a train wreck. Um, Father of the Bride. I have. I was completely disappointed it. in that movie. I there was one the laugh in that how much whole it made, movie. And I said this could be fun, and it was. That is the definition of a waste of time. Yeah, and Hot Shots, top three movie of that month. At least Hot Shots had a couple laughs in it. <laughs> Did we watch Hot Shots? Yeah, the hot shots. The the we you and I like the I forget his name. The colonel, the admiral that kept on saying wild things. No, that was 
Did Is I know? He not I feel like you weren't there for that. That could have been uh, when you were with the baby. You missed two movies that yeah, night. That it was, but did I watch it? Like I don't remember watching Hot Shots. The only scene it's that fair. was worthwhile That's in that the movie, type of movie was, it is. was the funeral scene where we. Yes, I was crying. Yes, that was but a good scene. What happened for and me is I remember liking that movie, so I went into that movie going, "Oh, another great spoof," and it was. Wait, is there like a sex scene where he has like a fake body? No, the bacon. Gun? He's cooking the bacon on his stomach. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, so there was like Naked Gun and Hot Shots, like the same movie. Yes, it is the same movie. Naked Gun's a little better. And then um, I need to talk about Dead Again. No, because we kind of like that movie. You guys didn't because you go back and listen. I liked it. No, listen to the episode. And then I went back and verified the points that I made while watching that movie. And my points were valid and you guys were wrong. Once again, you both didn't understand what you were watching. And I'm the smartest man so alive. The fact that I enjoyed the movie. Oh, that's right. We did, we did that. No, remember. Because no, of the dream sequence. I we remember conceded that it clearly. doesn't. That it totally ruins the whole movie. It ruins the movie, number one. And number two, the ending that you guys love so much with like the plethora. I didn't plethora, love the ending. The no, plethora of twist. scissors. No, that's not the point. I we hated liked, the ending. The twist, not the scissors. The no. scissors was ridiculous. I, yeah, I like that it turns out he was the woman and she was the man. That was it. I like the part and when he finds out that the psychiatrist was the boy. Who that's what I just said. No, you said uh, something oh, else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not what you said that's at all. That's actually not what you said at all. <laughs> You're like, that's what I said. No, it's not what you said. <laughs> all right. So in 92, this is – it's good again as far as I'm concerned. We have Scent of a Woman, Aladdin, Home Alone 2, My Cousin Vinny. Chris, anything else? Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Wayne's World. Sneakers. Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Class Act was good. Alien 3 is good. Sister Alien Act 3 is good. not good. Sister Act is also not good. You're, just, you're saying names of yeah, movies names and saying that, that it's good. Newsies. Newsies is great. Super Sleeper. Super Sleeper, right? Yeah. The Cutting Edge. The Cutting Edge is phenomenal. I don't care. Do you know Newsies is Christian Bale's first movie? What? Newsies is Christian Bale's first movie. Yeah, he's a kid and he's yeah. like 15 or whatever. Yeah. Do you yeah. see White Man Can't Jump on that list? That's yes. a great one. The Great Mouse Detective. I said that before. You, you did? me. Sorry. Juice. You also I said, said that before. All right. There's a lot of good movies in there. Uh, Last of the Mohicans, best I could guess, uh, does a lot of Oscar winning in Last, this year. Have you ever seen the new Last of the Mohicans? No. It's called Avatar. <laughs> no, that's Pocahontas. No, Avatar is the Last of the Mohicans in space. Like. Well, this is, Dan- this is our first Daniel Day-Lewis movie, so that's a plus. It's exciting. Daniel Day-Lewis actually retired from acting. That hurts me. He's a weird guy. Weird guy is. Really, really em- emphatic, that, that's, that last sentiment of yours. All right, so we're good here. I, I had fun. This was a fun episode. Uh, Chris, I'm angry with you as usual. Why? Why? I don't know, For no I don't know why. Just I mad. just feel angry towards you. Well, I love you. All right, I love I'll, you. I'll, I'll, I'll grab you in a tight embrace when we're done. All right. I love you, too. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. We'll take a short hiatus this time, not like six months like last time. Well, we had issues, COVID issues. COVID's gone now. We're good. Yeah, COVID's done, as per me and Chris. <laughs> I'm here. That says a lot. Eric's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen Eric in six months, and he's sitting here now with us in a room, and he... He left his hazmat suit at home. So. <laughs> it was, it's in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> he considered where he's got it ready to go <laughs> just in case. Well, thanks for bringing me on, guys, and I look forward to 
every episode to come. It's going to be a good year this year. Let's go. All right. See you soon, 1992.